reading from the eighth chapter of Daniel, beginning at the 19th verse. He said, Behold, I will make known to you what shall be at the latter end of the indignation, for it refers to the appointed time of the end. As for the ram that you saw with the two horns, these are the kings of Media and Persia. And the goat is the king of Greece, and the great horn between his eyes is the first king. As for the horn that was broken, in place of which four others arose, four kingdoms shall arise from his nation, but not with his power. And at the latter end of their kingdom, when the transgressors have reached their limit, a king of bold face, one who understands riddles, shall arise. His power shall be great, but not by his own power. And he shall cause fearful destruction, and shall succeed in what he does, and destroy mighty men and the people who are the saints. By his cunning he shall make deceit prosper under his hand, and in his own mind he shall become great. Without warning he shall destroy many, and he shall even rise up against the prince of princes, and he shall be broken, but not by human hand. The vision of the evenings and the mornings that has been told is true, but seal up the vision, for it refers to many days from now. And I, Daniel, was overcome and lay sick for some days. Then I rose and went about the king's business, but I was appalled by the vision and did not understand it. The word of the Lord. As we consider this teaching from the book of Daniel together, and we uh, remember what God has in store for us today, we listen to carefully together these last several weeks, first in Daniel's chapter 1 through 6, where we learned about the ways that Daniel and his friends withstood the pagan world that they lived in. And next, as we began last week, we began listening to the hope that God has for us in the future in Daniel 7 and now chapter 8 and all the way into chapter 12 with apocalyptic writing about what is to come. And so today... We learn about this vision. In fact, as Daniel hears this vision, this, this vision uh, that, first of all, up till now, remember, Daniel had been the one to explain the visions. And now he's needing help to understand the vision as Gabriel, the angel, is to help him understand what's going on. And so, we come now into Daniel chapter 8 with some uh, important images for us to understand and uh, for even Daniel to come to understand. And I liken uh, the bad and the good news here in Daniel 8 to watching a football game, all right? And uh, for me, I usually watch a football game on Mondays uh, because it's recorded. I'm a little busy on Sunday mornings, right? And uh, oftentimes, try as I might, I usually know who wins and what the score is by the time I watch it, right? 
But the reality is, is that sometimes that's very helpful, uh, not only so that I'm not a grump from my family if my team should not win, for example, but also because uh, uh, I can often endure a really bad game if I know my team is going to win at the end, right? Uh, you can uh, otherwise just be miserable through the first three quarters with their bad play. But if you somehow know that they pull it out in the end and they win, well, you can, uh, at least I can, uh, be sustained and, uh, and enjoy the game because I know how it's going to turn out. Well, this is basically uh, what Daniel learns in particular in chapter 7 and now deep, more uh, uh, precisely here in chapter 8. That the first three quarters of the game are going to uh, go longer than you thought they would, Daniel. And they're going to be harder and maybe uh, more difficult than you first imagined. Daniel learns that the road ahead will be long and hard for God's people. And he doesn't like it. He doesn't like it. But the message of Daniel 8 is that the evil of this age, of his age and our age, will not endure. God's promise will prevail. As one scholar put it, our sovereign God has evil on a leash. One day this uh, evil will come to an end. Now, maybe one of the reasons why uh, Daniel 8 gets less discussion than other chapters among scholars in this book is that this message is prevalent throughout the whole book of Daniel. But yet, we're taking time in chapter 8 again because I think God wants us to hear it again. And he gets really specific in it, and there's some interesting notes that take place here in this chapter. After the first chapter was written in Hebrew, the subsequent chapters, most of which starting in verse 4 of chapter 2 through chapter 7, are written in Aramaic. Now it's returns to the Hebrew language in chapter 8 for these uh, final chapters. Now, scholars don't really know why for sure it's back in Hebrew, but uh, I, I think one scholar is probably right because what happens in these next chapters gets very specific on God's people. In the earlier chapters, it's God's presence and work in the wider world and now how the wider world is impacting and affecting and what God will do to his people specifically in these next chapters. And so we're back to the Hebrew. And not only, though, do we hear in chapter 8 and following that God's people will experience hardship as well as hope in this vision, from these great horned animals, which we know always the horn often represents, really always represents power in the Old Testament. And so these great and powerful kingdoms, which will impact God's people, and eventually in particular, one 
particularly vicious and ruthless king, which I'll talk more about later. But not only will God's people be impacted by these worldly powers, but God himself experiences suffering when these powers attack and desecrate the temple. God himself. And so we get this really for the Old Testament, for an understanding of who God was, the strange word that God himself would suffer. Martin Luther would later call this idea the theology of the cross. We see hinted it now right here in Daniel chapter 8. That God himself would suffer for the sake of his people. God's suffering with and for his people we now know is what ultimately he will do and has done for us. Because God's dwelling place, as one scholar put it, is no longer dependent on where they are or where we are, but where we are, he is. Even Gentiles could come to God's presence in the New Testament. You see, we have a God who has suffered for us to welcome us into his very presence. And so we get hints here in Daniel chapter 8 on what God is about to do. But one of the ways that I know that Scripture is true is how unapologetically real it is. Don't we sometimes have questions and wonder like Daniel did in this text? Don't we wonder like, uh, I don't like this vision, God. I, I'm not sure I like this word. I'm not sure I like this news that, that there's going to be suffering and that there'll be hardship ahead. I'm not sure I fully understand that, that you'll be suffering for me. Daniel, meanwhile, asking those questions, we'll come back to this again, but as we heard it read, then went about his daily calling. His daily calling to me, resolve to honor the one true God and serve the people around him while honoring undefiled the one true God. But God can handle Daniel's questions and would even include it right here in the text of this vision. And so not only can God handle uh, our questions and our wonderings, maybe we like Daniel wonder, God, how long will these hard, difficult things have to happen in our lives. It's also anchored in history. Both critical and conservative scholars agree that Daniel points to a future king in around 164, uh, the year 164 Antiquitus, who would persecute God's people with descriptions here in Daniel 8 with uncanny accuracy and with hundreds of years yet to come. So today, as uh, we come before this table of grace, 
we remember that this God who bids us into his presence gives us a word that's faithful. Faithful because it can uh, be unapologetically true even when we wrestle with it. Faithful because his word is revealed as true. God's dwelling place is wherever his people is now. God is with us. And this evil again, whatever you might be battling right now, will not have the final word. And the pagan, in so many ways, world that we live in now, as we strive to be resolved like Daniel, not to be defiled by it, but also to share the good news and fight the good fight of faith in the midst of it, God says he is with us. Now, I know you are walking through some challenging days because you've shared them with me, whether it's because work is hard and learning to navigate how to be a follower of Christ in the midst of a a changing work environment, or even just raising children today is so challenging with so many new difficulties and so many different ways that we have to stand up for God's word just in raising our kids in everyday life. Or maybe it's because of health problems you're battling. Or maybe marriage has been uh, more challenging than you thought it would. It didn't look like in the end what you thought it might or it didn't end up like you thought it would. Or maybe even retirement has been, some have said to me, I'm more uh, busy and working harder in retirement than I ever did in my work life. It doesn't look like what maybe you thought it would. But we remember today that none of this, none of these challenges, none of these battles that we face, none of them are beyond God's table of grace. That you can taste the promise of the feast to come. That you know how the game will end. That God has indeed, as we said last week, got this. And notice again in verse 27. Daniel doesn't like everything you heard. But he continued. He didn't give up in the midst of that. He didn't throw in the towel. God didn't do it like I think he should or I wished he would have. And so I'm just going to throw in the towel. Instead, he remained faithful to the calling that he had. He maintained his resolve to remain faithful to the Lord and to serve as God had called him in that place. So how shall we be resolved then, today? Will we throw in the towel or we remember that God's victory will come in the end, that evil is on a leash We can be sustained in these difficult seasons because we know who wins the game. We get to be real with God. In fact, as I've said before, one of the ways that we know He is God and we are not, it should become as no surprise, is that sometimes we wrestle with God's Word and that we even feel like disagreeing with it. Uh, not unlike a child not having the perspective of a parent and disagreeing with them. Of course we're going to wrestle with God's word because he is God and we are not and we come humbly under him. 
But he graciously allows us, as he does Daniel, to be real with him. And then you and I are called to walk faithfully in our daily vocation as Daniel is here. And as Gustav Wingren uh, put it, our vocation, our daily calling, or many of our daily callings, whatever it may be, becomes the place that we bear the cross of Christ. And yes, as Daniel will find out, sometimes it's harder than we first imagined. I was watching a TV show this week, and spoiler alert, I'll be, if you haven't watched last, this last week's episode of Survivor, then uh, I'm about to wreck it for you. One of the contestants uh, would go home basically quitting. And as she said, you know, everyone always says it's, it's harder to play this game than you think it is from just watching it uh, from your couch. And she's like, they were right. It is so much harder. Sometimes we think that the Christian walk, it will be smooth when we come to follow Christ. But we come to find, as Daniel has found, that sometimes it's harder than we think. But we can be sustained, not just with future joy, but joy with God's presence right now. That He is with us. We can have hope in this moment and joy in this moment and experience what God has for us now because we know what He will complete in the end. It might feel like... uh, It's the fourth quarter and this life has been harder than you thought it would be. But there is a promise for us now as we taste this foretaste at this table today and a promise for us in the future. In Revelation 22.20, another apocalyptic writing, we hear this from Jesus who testifies to these things and says, Surely I am coming soon. And so we can say with the hope that Jesus gives in the midst of this daily life to be resolved like Daniel, to be sustained however long the game is, knowing that we don't need to throw in the towel because we can have joy now because we have hope for the future, to to answer the call in our daily vocations, to bear the cross of Christ and to proclaim the good news of the gospel Because Jesus says, surely I am coming soon. So we can say, amen. Come, Lord Jesus. As the scripture says that, so say we. Let us remember this promise. Let us experience that joy in the feast that we celebrate today of the feast that one day will come and have no end. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. We pray today. Amen.